0: No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mendel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now.
1: The air is thin up top. And that's where the Winnipeg Jets now reside, atop the Central Division in a tie with the Dallas Stars. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show with Dave Manu. With Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mendel, here on this Friday evening to discuss the Winnipeg Jets' ending their road trip with a f- with a flurry of goals, defeating the Pittsburgh Penguins in a place that Winnipeg Jets teams don't usually win, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Jets victorious tonight by a 4-1 margin. Gentlemen, even though it's been only about 23 hours since we last got together, it's good to see you both on this Friday evening. I hope you're both doing well and enjoy tonight's contest.
2: Good evening, boys. Yeah, if you're a Jets fan, you definitely enjoyed that contest. If you're a Penguins fan, especially the uh, sixteen or 17,000 people that were watching that game, I think you would be asking for your money back because, like, look at the Jets. Like, the second period was in this game was clearly when the Jets took it over, right? And in the third period, though, I mean, Mark Shifley, you know, puts it out of reach. But, like, what kind of fight pushback was there in the third period? Like, it looked like the Penguins just kind of accepted that they lost. And Dave mentioned this as we're watching it here. It's like the Penguins are the fresh team, right? Like they haven't played since Tuesday. They've got Carolina coming in, and like if the Penguins play like that against Carolina, I mean that game's going to be over in in the first period, right? So yeah, the Jets, considering it was the second game of a back to back, guys, it was really impressive. Yeah, and you, you really like what you saw uh, really from everyone, right? Like David Riddick, really solid. Um, obviously, you know that was one of the best games that we've seen Cole Perfetti play this year, but. You know, Mark from Mark Shifley to to Blake Wheeler, Kyle Connor, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Like, I liked what you saw from uh, Carson Kuhlman. I thought that was maybe one of his best games as a member of the Jets. Just, like, top to bottom, Yeah. the Jets were just way better than the Penguins. And it was really, you know, surprising. Even without Chris Letang and even without Jeff Petrie, you've still got, you know, Crosby, Malkin, Jake Gensel. Like, you've got a, enough good players there. But, you know, the Jets shut them down big time.
1: Well, you you know, Dave, if you you know if you were watching that game and you knew nothing about either team's schedule, you would have assumed the Penguins were the team on the second half of a back to back, and you know usually you know the team that's on the second half of the back to back, in this case, obviously the Jets. Usually, they're able to keep up with the uh, with their opponents, you know, for the first you know 20, 30, 40 minutes, and eventually the the you know the heavy legs, the lactic acid, it all builds up, and eventually you see that team sort of dip. The Jets didn't dip. The Jets got stronger as the game went on. This was as complete an effort as, as, as you have seen from this team. It's as complete an effort as you're going to see from any NHL team. And I'm going to use this word: Uh-oh. it was the effort. Uh-oh. Stay with us, folks. It was the effort of an of an elite team tonight. Because <laughs> it was. I mean, it. it, it I feel it, like it when was,
2: Drew Drew only brings up the word elite. Like, it's, it's, like, Drew does, doesn't, it's like a slow clap, right, Drew? Like, you just don't pull out elite anytime. Like, you wait for the perfect timing when the Jets really bring their A get. You're right. I mean, they are playing like an elite team. An elite team plays like that on the second game of a back-to-back, right? Like, a bad team kind of, you know, has one good period, and then, as you mentioned, they don't get better. They get worse as the game progresses. So, good for them with the flu bug going through the team. I agree with you. Right now, they are playing like an elite team. They are an elite team.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, you can say that there's holes in the in the lineup, or there's areas in the on the roster that you'd like to see them augment or improve upon between now and the trade deadline, and that's probably something we'll discuss tomorrow on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, uh, exactly twelve hours from now, nine a.m. Central Time back here on our YouTube channel. We'll get into that deeper tomorrow, but uh, but right now, the way they're they're playing, I mean, you can't take anything away from them. You know, that game tonight, on the heels of uh, a poor effort yesterday, an effort that uh, Rick Bonus didn't like, an effort where everyone admitted that it was strictly, uh, the victory was strictly on the back of Connor Hellebuck. Well, you play like that tonight, it really doesn't matter who your goaltender is. David Riddick was definitely solid in that, but he wasn't. Like, like
2: how many saves did he have to make that were, like, grade A saves? Like, high danger. I haven't looked at the high danger chances. I'll, I'll take a quick look here. But, I mean, the high danger, they had five even strength, high danger chances all game long the penguins yeah. and that's from from a team that has been off since Tuesday playing the jets who played the last night so you're absolutely right Drew i mean the, the the penguins should have no excuses the jets just outplayed them plain and simple
1: yeah i mean that, that that's just it they it, it wasn't it, it wasn't close i mean the the effort from the penguins and this is credit to the jets as much as as it is criticism of the penguins The effort level wasn't there, but the Jets just, you know, suffocated them. They didn't give, I mean, there were a couple of moments and and some times where the Jets were a little scrambly in in their own zone. Uh, Okay, hang on, sorry, we have to smile and wave for Dark Moon. Hi, Dark Moon, we're smiling and waving! But, uh, you know, the Jets... We're
2: obviously puppets, and he's our puppet master. He can just <laughs> say that, and we'll do whatever he says, right? Yeah.
1: The, the Jets' effort, though, w- w- was top to bottom complete. I mean, if you're trying to criticize elements of the Jets' game tonight, I'm not really sure where you're starting. I mean, in, you know, sure, Dylan DeMello blows a tire, and it looks a little bit of a, like a fish out of water on the, on the Penguins' tying goal that tied it at one, but, you know, that's just human error. That's not anything that I would say is comprehensively a problem for the team right. top to bottom. Dave, they were just absolutely in control of tonight's game.
0: Look, it's always interesting how we talk about narratives, right? You, whether you start off quickly and then you get slower. Well, you could say, well, we played last night, but the jets started off. Right. And in fact, the jets started every single period off. Right. And I said, it shouldn't be notable, but it's notable mm-hmm. that every single period, the jets started off in a, in a consistent fashion and an aggressive fashion and in a controlled fashion, and it was, they were the better two of the two teams. Now, Pittsburgh hasn't played since Tuesday. And, you know, that was a sloppy game, I believe, against the Canucks. But they were the heavy favorites coming into today's action, according to our friends over at Betway. Nice. But, the tr- but the truth is that it was the Jets who who looked like the vastly better team. And I mean, look, you you weren't sure, right? You weren't sure what what you were going to get from Winnipeg, and you knew that Rick Bonus was going to want to have a, a better effort. And there were some moves made before the game. Jansen Harkins recalled from the American Hockey League because Morgan Barron, of course, still not ready to go, dealing with the um, with the illness. The flu, Cole yeah. Perfetti is also they weren't sure. He only played like what nine minutes in the game against Buffalo, so he was <laughs> uh, he was kind of a game time decision. So, so you had these better. situations, yeah, of course. So you had these situations where you're you're. You're not sure about the lineup. Billy Handel had to be reassigned, of course, to to make room to have that extra forward in Jansen Harkins. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, you know, if you're the Jets, you have to feel very good because you could say Pittsburgh had some rust in the first, but eventually they're going to work that rust out and they're still a pretty good team. And yet they didn't look like they were in this game in any way, shape or form. There were a couple of instances, but for the most part, the Jets really controlled this game and it was an impressive one for a Jets team now that's won seven of their last eight I mean, it's funny that everybody lost their mind that they lost to Detroit, but yeah. the, that's the only loss the Jets have suffered in eight <laughs> games. And look, you're right, Drew. Some of the games the Jets haven't played well and they've still won because they have the best goaltender in the NHL or a top three goaltender in the NHL if you want to quibble. But the reality, he, is that this wasn't a game that you needed. Or David Riddich was solid. You're right. But he didn't need to steal the game because the Jets controlled it from the start to the finish.
2: Absolutely. You have to be super disappointed if you're the Penguins, because you need these points, you know, just as much as, you know, the Red Wings or the Sabres do, right? Because those are the teams that are chasing you. And if I'm looking at that Eastern Conference te- uh, right now, I, the Penguins are the team. If I'm the Sabres, I'm thinking, like, that's the team we can catch. Like, obviously, there's tons of hockey left, boys. But, like, I, I don't know. That that Penguins team, I mean, Chris Letang is a huge part of the team. And, you know, Marcus Peterson's another guy that was out of the lineup. I think he was just... If I'm not mistaken, he was just sick. I don't think Pedersen's out long term, but Pedersen's a big defenseman, and I think you could, you know, tell in this game like they were just they couldn't handle the Jets offensively. They couldn't handle the speed. They couldn't handle the size. Yeah. And Dave and I were joking when Gary Galley was calling the Jets a, a big, mean team, right? Because the Jets, they have some size, but I don't think I would call the Jets a mean team. Obviously, you know, Brendan Dillon, Adam Lowry. Lowry Dillon, I mean, yeah. yeah, like, they, they've got some big boys that can handle themselves. Don't get me wrong, but, like, this is not the 2018, no. you know, Jets with, you know, Buff and Truba and, and Ben Sherrod at the back end, right, Dave? So we were having a chuckle when, you know, the but, out-of-town yeah. media calls the Jets big and mean. But look. But you they've been calling to... sorry.
1: As, let me just interrupt for a second. They've been calling the yeah. Jets big and mean for the last three years, when it was you know just completely untrue. At least it's a little bit more true this year, sure. in that they have they they definitely play a more physical style this year than they have in the last scrappy. couple of years. They're
2: scrappy, there's a difference between you know scrappy or or gritty and and mean, right? Mm-hmm. Like like when I think of mean, I think of you know the Broad Street bullies or you know something like that. It's just funny, but yeah, you're right, well, Drew. You know said who's it earlier. a mean
1: player or who was a mean player? when he, you know, Evgeny Malkin, when he was at his peak, was a player who was who was always a little bit on the edge. He was sort of, he was no. sneaky in, in how he was dirty. You remember a number of years ago, uh, the battles that him and Wheeler had. There was that game in Pittsburgh uh, a number of years ago where Malkin, I think he went up high on Wheeler with a high hit. Uh, and, and those two really had some good battles. I mean, Evgeny Malkin, and we talked about this a little bit before we started tonight, looked like a shell of himself. Aside from smashing his, his stick against the glass on that failed power play, he really had no impact on the game for the Penguins. I mean, this Penguins team is, not, is definitely top-heavy in Malkin and Crosby, and if you're looking to for Malkin and Crosby to be the, the driving force uh, on this team, well, neither of them are really that great tonight. I didn't think, uh, you know. I thought you know Crosby was better than Malkin, but that doesn't say that. That doesn't mean much because Malkin was pretty bad.
2: I thought Brendan Dillon was doing a really good job on on Malkin, and that's the type of defenseman that you you, you need to be able to to handle him physically. Because you are absolutely right, Drew. When Malkin's at his best, you know he plays. You know it's a cliche, but he plays on the edge, right? Like he he's physical. He's not you know Eric Lindros, but he plays. You know he can throw the body around. And he can he can be a guy you know that'll slash you and stuff like that. But I thought you know the perfect example of you know Malkin um, just not having it tonight was when the Jets were on the power play. I forget if it, no, it was the David Riddick you know puck over the glass when yeah. the Penguins. I don't even know They're if they good. had a shot on that power play, boys. But Malkin, I mean, he just he 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 was stationary. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't looking like a, a player that really cared. Um, you just take those two guys off of this roster, and it's just not a very good team. Well, right? Like saw- I, I like I mentioned, you know, Jake Gensel is a good hockey player. Brian Rust is a, is a good hockey player, Kasperi Kapanen. But, I mean, right now, if Crosby and Malkin aren't putting up the points, Malkin's been nearly a point a game player. And we know that Crosby is obviously over a point a game this year. So mm-hmm. it's not like they're having bad seasons. But, I mean, obviously, Tristan Jari is out of the lineup right now. He's been out of the lineup for about a week and a half. He was injured in the Winter Classic. So you're right, Drew. Dustin tokarsty is your third-string goalie. Casey DeSmith is going to play tomorrow night against Carolina. So, obviously, that was the thought process. But as Dave mentioned, Tekarski came in against the Canucks he was good, right? He stopped like 18 of 20 shots or something like that. But this game is not on Dustin Tekarski. I mean, this was just the Penguins being outplayed badly at home.
1: Well, we did laugh about it before the show started. We talked about you know Tukarski being the starting goalie. We was like, what is this, the 2013 Spangler Cup? Because you know, you don't, you know, Dustin Tekarski, I mean, his career look, you know. The Definition of a journeyman, right, Drew? Yeah, the fact he's still getting NHL games at this stage—I don't think anybody pegged that. So good for him. Good for him getting those NHL games at this stage of his career. But uh, I don't think anybody's relying on Dustin Tokarski T- T- to be your uh, to be your savior uh, when it comes to you know goaltending at this point in time. But you know, you, you saw the lack of emotion coming out of Pittsburgh, and I know we're not—we're spending too much time talking about them. But after the fight between Brendan Dillon and Jason Zucker, and he's trying to rev up the crowd like 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 as if he was like winning that battle against Brendan Dylan where he was holding on for dear life it was all well that's what very I was bizarre... say. I'm, pretty,
2: I'm pretty sure that you know Brendan Dylan like if he wanted to really could have really could have thrown some haymakers yeah and Jason Zuckers Jason Zucker is he's not a he, he's not the biggest guy right but he's also kind of you know one of those scrappier players like he's a guy that you know he can handle himself but you know brendan dillon is a heavyweight so yeah. i think that that fight was not maybe not the best choice for for zucker because uh, i'm sure his knuckles will be iced after this game yeah, well, but yeah it didn't it had zero impact on this game
1: yeah, and he's and he and he's like throwing his arms up in the air. It was just odd. The whole tenor of the game from the Pittsburgh perspective was odd, but from the Jets perspective, Dave, this is exactly what you want. This is probably you know you know people on Twitter were saying it and we were saying it that this is probably your most complete effort of the year. It's certainly up there going into a place that historically you haven't had a lot of success, and that's putting it mildly. On the second half of a back to back. With a flu bug running through your team, with your backup goaltender in net, when you're so reliant on your starting goaltender typically, and you just absolutely go there and you school them, because that's what they mm-hmm. did. So you know that flight home from uh, from Pittsburgh back to Winnipeg later tonight, assuming they're flying home tonight and not tomorrow morning. It's, it's an off day tomorrow. We know with the uh, with the back to backs yesterday and tonight, and then Sunday evening against uh, uh, Arizona. It's certainly going to be a very happy plane ride for the Winnipeg Jets deservingly. So going two oh uh two and one here on the road trip.
0: Yeah. And, and that's look, it didn't start off particularly well. And then you're thinking to yourself, okay, can you earn a split between Buffalo and Pittsburgh? Cause it's going to be difficult to earn, you know, two wins. And yet yeah. what did the Jets do? They lost to the team that nobody anticipated them losing to and instead beat the two teams while well, Buffalo, they thought it could be a toss up. And yet, uh, that game was a lot closer than this one I would suggest so I, I think it is one of those those situations where if you're a Jets fan or if you're the Jets team itself you're very happy right now because you're as you pointed out to start this this segment drew I mean the reality is you're you're sitting there you're you're battling for for first with Dallas the teams behind you are behind you and you're adding more points to the standings bank mm-hmm. and and you just have to be ecstatic with the fact that I mean guys how good does that Ehlers, Connor, and Dubois line look right now? And remember, Perfetti through illness right now, that's what, five assists in his last three games. Blake Wheeler is slowly kind of coming around. And Mark Shifley is Mark Shifley. So, I mean, if, that, if you can get both of those lines firing, contributions from the third line, contributions from the fourth line, the defense playing well and contributing. And remember, we, we've talked about a whole game. We haven't even mentioned the fact the Jets had two disallowed goals also in this <laughs> yeah. game. So, I mean, like, right. really, it's a, it's a 4-1 Jets game. I, I joked uh, on, the, on the second goal that the Jets scored. I said it was the third, second goal now the Jets have scored in this hockey game. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, think about it. We've just done this whole thing. We haven't even mentioned the Jets had two. One, that was a clear disallowed goal. The other, that was a little tighter and a little bit more controversial. Not really hugely controversial, but whatever. And anyways, the point is that if you're a Jets club, you're very happy with the fact that you've, uh, you've banked, you know, like I said, points in seven of your last eight games and you're riding high right now.
1: Let's get into it with the Betway Game Recap here on the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. It's brought to you by Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront. With a large selection of betting options and sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds, what are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly boys can we
2: have the keystone cops music as we talk about the jets first goal because i feel like that that's what was going through my head probably not it would, was... a, it,
1: it would be a violation of the youtube uh copyright rules so we probably can't uh can't have it playing
2: we need to, or the Curb Your Enthusiasm music, like something so, because, copyright. I mean, that, that puck was, I mean, were they playing, were the Penguins playing pickleball on that goal? Like, it was, it was ridiculous. Like, Blake Wheeler's standing there just whacking at the puck, and it was like, he's like, I'm just going to keep whacking at the puck till the puck goes <laughs> in. You know what I mean? Like, it was just, <laughs> oh man, it was uh, comical to watch the Penguins try to clear their zone there.
1: Well, then you you've sort of you you've buried the lead there, Mr. Ginsburg. Blake Wheeler opens the scoring at the eleven nineteen mark. It's a power play goal, his tenth of the season, assist to Cole Perfetti. And you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, he's just you know he he's got body position and he's in front of the net. Takarski is sort of off to the side, unable to or unwilling to get back into the play and nobody is trying to, you know, tie up Blake Wheeler or the effort that they're pe- putting forth to tie up Blake Wheeler is not a really good effort. He has multiple opportunities to hack and whack and smack at the puck. And finally after Tkachuk made a, uh, you know, a really nice save initially there to keep the puck out, eventually he's able to get it in uh, behind the the penguins goaltender to give the jets the one nothing lead halfway through the first period
2: yeah and drew like i loved the puck movement like you had you know cole perfetti and and nate schmidt there uh nate schmidt made a like a nice quick pass to neil peonk and and we've talked about it like both peonk and morrissey are absolute veterans and pros when it comes to how they put the puck on the net just from the point in general but especially the power play right so Pionk has the bomb. There's the big rebound, as you mentioned. But then it's, I believe, Chad Ruweedle and, and Ty Smith out there. And Wheeler gets in behind Chad Ruweedle. But then the first whack doesn't go in. And then it's like, OK, I'm just going to whack the puck in. Like it was just, <laughs> it was just an absolute comedy of errors. Like just terrible boxing out by the Penguins. Like it was just like protect the front of your net. Yeah. So, I mean, what, you know, good on Wheeler, but it was this is just it was just kind of funny the way the puck was bouncing and bobbling and everything like that. So, you know, good power play because the first power play unit Dave uh, before that was getting some good looks. Right. And then the second power play, you know, comes out there and and cleans up the garbage, so to speak. So uh, yeah, nice, you know, rebound goal by Blake Wheeler, but like, what an ugly goal.
0: (laughs) Well, and the one thing I just want to jump in here as and, and and add to that is you like to see Nate Schmidt activated and he didn't get an assist on the play, but I mean, it was, the way he flew in from the from the the corner not not the corner i guess he was between the circle between the dots i mean and he came in hard at the net and he forced the puck back in so I, I again he must not have touched it but he definitely impacted the play because it was his motion that you know pumped the puck over towards Perfetti who got it over towards Wheeler so uh you like to see that activation from Nate Schmidt which of course led to that first goal and and it was a bit of a reward for a jets team that was feeling you know again Good start, but we've mm-hmm. seen the Jets kind of have good starts and then not get that reward. Bill. here's that, you know, a little Pavlov dog, a little behavior modification, you know, first year psych- psychology, and you know, you get your reward for for scoring, uh, for playing the right way by Did scoring. You say goals. Pavlik's
2: dog or Pavlov's dog?
0: <laughs> I think Pavlik's dog is like one of the uh, new chat things. As he's actually, so maybe. I, I'm so I'm surprised we don't have a chatter
1: whose whose username is Pavlik's dog. That seems like that would be a a, somebody, a good name for uh, somebody. Maybe we've, maybe maybe we've inspired what? them. Can by the way, I think we should do a test. By the way, if you ring a bell from upstairs in your house, does Ginsburg come running up the stairs to get? No, whatever? but he, no, but I've done enough tr- tests if on him. If there's now
2: food upstairs sa- that I know of, then now yes, he, sal- he just upstairs. starts
0: salivating. He just starts he just salivating, starts salivating. Just and then he it. actually then he runs to a little uh, little uh, hamster cage I built for him. <laughs> he runs out the door and he starts like looking for the cheese. Oh,
2: I was at a store today. I'm not going to say where I was, obviously, because they're not a sponsor. But there was a uh, Beethoven dog, like a Saint Bernard, yeah, and its name was Cujo. It was 210 pounds, and it was only 10 months old.
0: On Friday the 13th, as you saw Cujo.
1: Yeah, actually, I didn't think about that. Friday the 13th. Yeah. Remember? Can, now, you know, Asy, your sweatshirt is, is. I actually like your sweatshirt. I like the color of your sweatshirt, but it's not a traditionally. Ginsburg, my favorite color. Is it? Because uh, orange I love is my orange. favorite color. Yeah. Come on, come this on, is true. every
2: every child matters.
1: Hoodie. Oh, okay. It's, an, side, it's a good sweatshirt. Side. Good cause. Good yeah, sweatshirt, as go. I, I every like child that. matters. Okay. I liked it. I thought it was a I think I think I thought I couldn't see what was the logo or anything. And it's it a zip quality. up. I only wear zip ups. As you yeah, know. I like it. Love it's the zip up. ups.
2: I mean, nothing, nothing against the, you know, regular hoodies that, you know, Dave M is wearing the, the Betway hoodie, which obviously we appreciate Betway hooking us up, but just love the zip up.
1: Okay, well, I like it. I appreciate it. Good hoodie. Wanted to ask about it, but uh, job well done there. I've worn it before on the show. I think uh, you probably have. I just have a very—I have a poor short-term memory, so you know, I wasn't really paying that much attention to it either. But it's a good. Drew, I'll put
2: my poor short-term memory against your short-term memory any, any day of the week.
1: Fair enough. I can accept that as well. So did we cover not- the first goal? Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we did. I like that you answered them. That's amazing. Well done, Es. Uh, uh, Once in a while, Dave, you know, I throw uh, some darts out there. Some of them stick. Uh, That that was a good one.
1: Uh I, penguins tie it up. It's about uh, uh, five minutes later, five minutes and twenty-three seconds later. My namesake Drew O'Connor Drew O'Connor, his second of the year for the Penguins, assist to Kasperi Kapanen and, and, and Jan Ruda. Uh, you know, this is just uh, you know, you saw what happened here with Dylan DeMello getting uh, you know, the loses the stick, and then he's trying to get back into it. And it's just all sorts of ugly up and down, uh up and down the ice for the Winnipeg Jets here, and it ends with O'Connor beating uh beating uh dave riddick to tie the game at one at that point in time
0: yeah and and you know that's a bit of an unfortunate situation because jets actually have control in the penguins end, and adam lowry tries to get a, a puck over across hits a skate and josh morrissey was going the other way and so he's he's going he's going full steam ahead the puck's going back out the jets uh, towards mm-hmm. the jets and penguins get the advantage because as you said oh and uh and Kasman and uh, they take, uh, they take off and they grab the puck. And DeMello, look, he tries to play it the right way. Uh, you know, D- Dylan Demelo story boys, as I as I labeled him earlier, he's an offensive defenseman. He can't be thinking about playing defense. That's not his <laughs> bag. He's got 12 assists in, in in 39 games. He has as many assists as he had in 76 last year. So Dylan DeMello, he can't be worried about playing defense for the Winnipeg Jets. But in his defense, you know, a little bit of an unfortunate one drops a stick you know, falls down and it's a, it's a nice, like you said, Drew, it's a bit of a comedy of errors and it ends up in the back of the net. And, and, you know, if you're the Jets, you're feeling a little bit, a little burned because you've been playing pretty well. And now suddenly it's a one-all game.
1: Yeah, I- exactly. Now this is this next sequence. I think is, is a bit of a key moment in the game. So it's the disallowed Wheeler goal. There's no, we don't really need to get into the disallowed, disallowed Shifley no. goal because that was clear. He was. The only, will,
0: the only thing I will say though, and it's a credit to these video uh, goal uh, coaches, yeah. the video coaches, because like the ima- the fact that they can just that quickly have, because that was like they called it quick. I don't even know if maybe the team knew right away and they didn't even wait for him because mm-hmm. it was it was very quick. How quickly they. I had already challenged that uh, that thing. Anyways, go on. Uh, so this one,
1: the, the the Wheeler one. So, you know, the Jets, the goals immediately waved off for goaltender interference, and the Jets elect to challenge it. They fail on the challenge, and then they, they get called for a penalty for a delay of game for the unsuccessful challenge. So first of all, mm-hmm. let's do it in sort of two different phases. Do you agree with the call that it's goaltender interference, no goal for the Winnipeg Jets? I'll start with you, Ezra.
2: Yeah, I mean... Uh, I, I guess based on the way goalie interference is called. By the way, why does the NHL, when they defend their call, just put out the the definition of the rule, as if, as if <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, as if, like, as if the explanation from the, yeah. the
1: explanation so, from the Situation yeah, Room is just so, them copying and pasting the yeah, rule like, and saying this is why it didn't count.
2: Yeah, like everybody, like nobody. It's it's not like anybody you know sees that and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, now we get it, right? Like. Uh, so, like, you know, my opinion would be if if I was, you know, someone who hadn't watched a lot of hockey and seen a lot of bizarre goalie interference calls, I'd probably say that wasn't goalie interference. But the way the NHL, like, honestly, like when, when the NHL reviews a potential goalie interference call, mm-hmm. I, I, I like, I, in my head, I'm like flipping a coin, like which way it could go, honestly, unless it's really obvious. So, yeah, I kind of, you know, I, I was it really goalie interference. It was in that gray area. Um, But the way the NHL calls it nowadays, uh, I, I just think it's so unclear to everyone what goalie interference really is.
1: Well, you know, I I agree with everything you just said there. To me, what was bizarre, I mean, our our media colleagues, our media friends that were on site in Pittsburgh all thought that it it wasn't goalie interference, which I, uh, you know, far be it for me to disagree with them, but I'm going to disagree with them on this one. I thought it was goalie interference. I thought Dubois goes in on his own, and there's just enough of him in the blue paint that I can see how it impacts Takarski, that he's not able to really get his full range of motion, and he went. And, and it's not that Dubois was forced in there; he went there on his own. I didn't have a problem with this one being called goaltender interference. To be perfectly honest, I didn't even think it was that. That it was really in doubt. I was sort of surprised that uh, that Rick Bonus went with the challenge on this one, Dave. Because to me, this because they, they
2: waved it off right away.
1: He waved it off right, right like, that's, away. That's, that's yeah. the difference.
2: Usually. You know, if it's not called right away, I mean, just common sense is that, you know, maybe there's more uh, of a reason to challenge it, right? Mm. Like Matt Prefontaine is the, the video coach for the Jets. He's the one that, you know, signals to the to the Jets bench. And we just had Spencey's comment up there, you know, Dubois clearly blocks Tukarski's path, but to me, it's not like egregious. Like it's just, it's kind of almost like borderline incidental contact. So again, by the definition of goalie interference, Dave, it is goalie interference, But really, we've seen so many times that, you know, based on the definition, you know, it's it's incidental contact or it's not that bad. Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, the Jets ended up winning the games. But who who really cares? But at the time, you could see the frustration on the Jets bench that that call wasn't overturned. Right, Dave?
0: I think what it comes down to is the inconsistency. I don't think if you watch that play, you're sitting there going. You're 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 ripping your hair out and you're swearing and you're beyond pissed off that 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 goal is disallowed because it's it's kind of as you said as it's in that gray. I think where people get upset is that the NHL is so inconsistent. And you know, folks in the chat, I'm seeing, and I, I would agree, referencing the Connor Hellebuck play where he gets his helmet knocked off and they still sure. somehow score. And that's that's well, that a- still
2: that still bothers me, and I'm sure that still bothers a lot of people because that goal should have never counted. I'm sorry
0: well of course and that's and I think that's why the folks are bringing it up and I would agree with that assessment and and He's that's why
2: Jamie Ben right
0: uh well yeah it was, was it Ben yeah, or yeah. was it Jason Robertson I forget no no it, it was Robert was Robert no Robertson no no Ben Ben was the one who knocked the hell knocked off. it off you're right and right. then Ben yeah no but Ben then, then got it the to tux. Sagan yeah to there was one other guy who else touched it it wasn't just Ben to Sagan to Robertson it was Ben it was Ben maybe Rupe hints no, maybe it was maybe it was just Ben behind the net There's and been he a put lot of it, games. Oh no, no, it was Ben to Sagan. Sagan put it back to Robertson and then yeah. Robertson. I thought it might have been. I know what's it, the Didn't what's it, the the um who's the other veteran? Didn't Pavelski touch it too? I think Pavelski might have touched it as well. I think they actually had like three guys touch the puck. I feel like and there yet, could be an E60 on that goal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyways, anyways, let's just go back to so I, I think where folks are bothered, not by that play itself, I think it's the inconsistency in the NHL's rule call. And and I think that's where they have a problem with goalie interference because it is, it's a subjective decision, right? It's not like, you know, a lot of, some things can be a little bit more black and white. That's, that's a fairly, you can sit there and you go, well, did he? And, and, and my suspicion would have been if the puck was not off of Dubois and into the net, maybe they allow it. But if it just goes over to Tukarski, to the other side, but because it went right where Dubois was and he's in the, in the net, you know, maybe, or in the crease story, you could, you could rule it I, again. Like I said, not one that you're sitting there. Like if you watch the Jets bench, it's not as if they were losing their minds over that goal being disallowed. And you can kind of right. take from a team's reaction. I think how they really feel about something. If a guy doesn't lose their mind, if a team doesn't lose their mind, then they're, then they, you, know, you can tell, okay, we're, we want, we wanted that goal. We yeah. would have taken that goal, but we're, we are we do we know that it was, it was kind of in that gray area. The one that I always find funny though, is that if it is considered goalie interference, Shouldn't it be a penalty? Obviously, I understand the reason, the distinction. I'm just being a bit of a shot disturber there. But I will say, like I said, I think the biggest concern for Jets fans is the lack of consistency from the NHL when it comes to these types of calls.
1: Look, no question that the the lack of consistency is an issue. Uh, But, you know, the Jets, I think to their credit here, look, Rick Bonus decides to challenge it and he loses the challenge and he figured, you know, it might be worth it 50-50 coin flip given the inconsistency uh, uh, of the reviews. But then the uh you know the, the on the ensuing power play that the penguins get, the jets do a great job killing it off. Because boy, wouldn't have that been a really sour taste in your mouth to end the first period. If not only do you have two goals disallowed in the period, but then you give up a goal on the ensuing power play, and all of a sudden you're trailing after 20 minutes instead of being tied after 20 minutes. So I thought that was really uh, a really important kill for the Winnipeg Jets in order to keep the confidence and keep the good vibes after they played a very strong first 20 minutes on the road in the second half of a back-to-back.
2: Shout-out to Dom Zappia for bringing up the... It seems like every few weeks this is brought up, but the James Neal... Uh... Yeah, there you go, James Neal knocking Hellebuck's mask off. And I remember that. I, I want to say that was what three years ago. Yeah, I mean it, it couldn't have been much more than three years ago. It was either three or four years ago, right? And it was like we were all watching that game. I'm not sure, Drew, if you were you were with us in the press box that night, but I remember sitting beside Dave, and we were like,
1: "What the hell is going on? Like, how was that goal counted? Well, he, so, he two-handed him." exactly he, he, he you know he he lumberjack chopped him and all of a sudden that goal still counted which of course it didn't make any sense it was a ridiculous blown call by the officials back then and uh, there's been a number of them that everyone can recognize uh, and remember very very well uh, there you go craig set craig penner on facebook is saying it was 2017 18 when the the two-hand uh, heard around the world uh occurred and right some gold. the golden knights
2: first season yeah that's kind of it's kind of what set the tone for, you know, everything that happened in that Western Conference final. But yeah, like I just it sometimes you have to just laugh at this stuff, right? Because it's like how in what bizarre world could mm-hmm. you allow that goal? Anyways, let's let's get into the Jets second goal.
1: It's 1-1 for the majority of the second period and then towards the end of the period, another good period by the Jets. Ah, uh, they go Dennis Bayak on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mark Shifley, his twenty-fifth of the season, assist to Blake Wheeler and Cole Perfetti. And and this is just beautiful playing There's, there by the Winnipeg Jets and great patience by Blake Wheeler and great job by Mark Scheifele to just shed the check just enough to get his stick free and Wheeler just tees it up for him you know just outside the blue paint and he makes no mistake in putting it uh, beyond behind Tkarsky to give the Jets the two one lead late in the second period as he.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, this is kind of like almost what we've been expecting out of this line, right? Because obviously Wheeler and and Perfetti, this is only their fourth or fifth game back. Right. But yeah, this is just beautiful passing. And, you know, Wheeler just, I think it was Drew O'Connor, right? We talked about he got the the first goal, but it was Drew O'Connor on, on Blake Wheeler and Blake Wheeler just is very patient with the puck. Um, and and just outweights him, and Shifley comes in there, and just, it, it, again, it wasn't very good coverage by by the Penguins, but, you know, Shifley just goes to where he needs to go, um and, you know, it was on display there. Like, that was just a perfectly executed play by Shifley, Perfetti, and, and Wheeler there, and the Penguins were just, I, I just thought that so many parts of this game, the, the Penguins just were either caught flat-footed, they just seemed slower than the Jets, And on this play, again, that line just absolutely chewed that Penguins defense up, Dave.
0: Well, and you know what? The one thing you wanted to, again, take note of is the fact that the Jets didn't let off the gas. I mean, they played exceptionally well, even though the game was tight. They were up, what, 25 to 11, I think, at one point in terms of the shots. And so, you know, you're you're impressed by, I I think you'd have to be impressed by the fact that that's when you kind of expected Pittsburgh, okay, fine, they had some rust. I like the joke by Spencer uh, saying that what didn't rust play all game he did, but they had a little rust in their, in their game, of course, was, you know, throughout the course, but you expect it to start get shedded in the shed, sorry, not shedded, but shed in that second period, mm-hmm. especially given the fact that they had power plays, right? So that could have given them some momentum and yet the jets used it, reversed the course a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then they managed to, you know, take build off of their PK, which continues to improve, uh, you know, game after game after game has become such a boon for this hockey club. And yet they don't, so they don't give up that goal. And sure enough, what do they end up doing? Like you said, uh, Drew, and Ez, or like you said, as they get rewarded, they score the goal. And suddenly now you're feeling good about them. They're feeling good about themselves because they've been playing so well. And again, because they're now rewarded with it. And, you know, Mark Shifley, what was that? His 25th goal of the season. Mm-hmm. So he's feeling good. Uh, about himself because you know he's a goal scorer he wants to kind of keep up his Cy Young like numbers right as he and uh and again that's what you need is you want those two lines to be buzzing and if those two lines are buzzing well I mean it's it's only going to be good for this Jets club and just, know, one,
2: just one sorry I was just going to say one quick thing Drew before we get to the next goal here like mm-hmm. we mentioned you know the pass by Wheeler nice pass passed by Perfetti to Wheeler but I forget who the defenseman was uh I'm just trying to watch the replay it wasn't loading but it was either Brian Dumoulin, it might have been Chad Ruedel in front of the net, but you know, Shifley battles, like he pushes him, he kind of out muscles yeah. him. He wants to like to see that's from Shifley, right? exactly. So, like you, it's a beautiful passing play, but like Drew said earlier, the Jets just put in a better effort. Like, yes, they executed, they scored on the power play, but like there were there were only a couple power plays for each team in this game. This was a mm-hmm. game that was controlled at even strength by the Jets. So you gotta love what you saw from Shifley tonight.
0: And that's and just to quickly jump on as he's point, and add to it, which there's not much to add, but I do like the fact that, you know, Shifley made him think that he was going deep and then curled it back and then went right to the net. I mean, it's a goal scorer's play. It's yeah. a smart play by Mark Shifley, a guy who has a nose to the net. And he scores his 25th goal, and he's feeling good about himself.
1: It was a lot of, yeah, a lot of intelligence on display there by three very smart hockey players in Wheeler, Perfetti, and Shifley. Because, you know, Shifley you know, and Perfetti, again, the, they're students of the game. Wheeler's obviously got the veteran guile who knows what he's doing. And, and obviously, Shifley's no uh, spring chicken anymore either, even though he's still uh, you know young in chronological years. But he's a veteran when it comes to his on-ice performance. 22 seconds later, you talk about being a backbreaker for the Pittsburgh Penguins. This one is really the backbreaker. It takes bang, twenty-two bang. seconds for the Jets to expand the lead to a two-goal lead. Nikolai Ehlers, his third of the season. How good has he been since he came back? I mean, how you can you know you can use all the hyperbole in the world to talk about the Ehlers, Connor, and Dubois line, but it's deserving because they've just been that dominant, uh, you know, so far put together. Uh, Ehlers, his third assist to Connor and Dylan DeMello. Another, you know, as Dave mentioned, uh, DeMello's is turning into an offensive juggernaut himself, hmm. getting two assists tonight. But, you know, this doesn't look like there's a play here. This looks pretty simple, but Nikolai Ehlers does not need a lot of time and a lot of space with his speed to put himself into a scoring opportunity. And the Penguins defenseman here is just maybe a step, if that, out of position, just a little bit too far away from Ehlers and Ehlers just makes him pay rifling the shot with a beauty of a shot past to after, you know, a nice play by DeMello and a nice play by Connor to get it over to Ehlers coming down on the wing uh, to give the Jets the three, one lead before the second period is up as he.
2: Yeah. I, I, again, I don't remember. I apologize. I, I, I was kind of going back and forth with, with the kids going to bed. I forget who the defenseman who is paired up with, it was Brian Dumoulin, I think, was out there, but what, he wasn't the defenseman. That was, who was playing with Dumoulin, Dave? Whoever the defenseman was on the right side, as as Drew mentioned, there, he was just too slow. Like he just didn't react to Ehlers come getting that pass coming with speed right so the penguins like like you mentioned Drew, it wasn't like an odd man rush or anything like that it's it, ty, it, smith. It,
1: ty smith was go, ty smith there you go ty smith
2: former team. devil i should know that yeah seriously, um, so, yeah, so you're, up gonna lose your devil,
1: you're gonna lose your devil fandom card
2: yeah well i actually thought that was a good trade for the devils john marino is a good defenseman but um yeah ty smith he because before that sequence happened ty smith if you remember he tried he cleared the puck to the neutral zone just gave the puck back to the jets yeah. jets brought the puck back in and you know that's a mismatch. Like Ehlers comes in with speed there, and he basically just walks around Ty Smith. So again, you know, like beauty pass. Um, it was Kyle Connor, right? Or was it Dubois? I forget who it was. Connor. I think it was Connor. Yeah, just a nice little pass um, from Connor to Ehlers. And again, like you know, Ty Smith, you know, he just uh, he just loses track of, of Ehlers, and Ehlers takes it, and it's a really nice shot that really um, Dustin Tarksky had no chance. But I agree with you, Drew, talking about how well Ehlers has been especially, uh, you know, since he's returned from injury, let alone, you know, since he's entered the NHL, but he's making it look effortless. And you can tell he's having a great time out there, but that's what stood out to me. Like, Ehlers does not look like a guy who, you know, missed nearly three months of action, however many games that was, 30 plus, you know, games. He just Mm -hmm. looks like he's in, you know, mid-season form.
1: Yeah, he really does. And, you know, when, you know when he's on his game, and he is on his game. You know, it, it, you know, you just you you can't. It's so difficult to shut down that line, and that line wasn't as dominant as it has been the last few games tonight. I thought that this, you know, last
2: night they were dominant.
1: Last night they were dominant. I mean, tonight they were good. They were good against Detroit too. Yeah, then they, you know because they're you know their worst game is still going to be pretty good. And that yeah. tells you when, you when you're dealing with a, a, a superlative uh, line, and that's exactly what they are. Uh, and, you know, it's hard to have any answer for that because, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois goes uh, wrecking ball on you, and Nikolai Ehlers goes, uh, you know, a speed demon on you, and Kyle Connor goes magician on you. It's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> it's got something for everybody that Pick line Pick your poison. Does. Yeah, it's got something for everyone, and the Penguins had no answer for it. And after 40 minutes... It's three nothing for the Winnipeg. Pardon me, three uh, one for the Winnipeg Jets, and they've outshot Pittsburgh twenty nine to sixteen. And I know shots aren't the be all and end all when it comes to uh, uh, stats. And sometimes, you know, uh, you know, you're, a, a team that's wi- that's going to win the game is going to get outshot. But this was indicative of the the flow of the play. This was indicative of the the course of the action. I mean, you look at the possession numbers in tonight's game, and they were dominated by the Winnipeg Jets. You know, in the second period alone, sixty four percent possession numbers for the Winnipeg Jets against thirty six percent for the Penguins. That's one sided, guys. Yep, I don't need to tell you guys that. You Honestly, that Drew, I'm when I looked it. at it, I thought
2: it was going to be. I thought it was going to be something like seventy five or eighty percent. Like it was yeah. that second period was clearly their their best period. And as you mentioned earlier you were expecting kind of the pushback from the Penguins and you were expecting yeah. the jets to, to have a, 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 you were expecting their play to sag a little bit and it didn't, mm. it was the opposite. So again, I mean, look at the jets didn't win the Stanley cup tonight, but I mean, that's something that you, this is one of those wins that it could have easily, you know, they could have lost this game. Second game of a back-to-back against a team in the Penguins who without Latang, without Jeff Petrie, we talked about it, They need to maintain their wild card spot, right? Like, there was every reason to think that you know the Jets were the underdog going into this game, yeah. And now you got you you go home and you know, you got Arizona, and the only way they're going to lose to Arizona is if uh, Carol Vamelka you know stands on his head and makes forty saves, I and mean, because that Coyotes team is just brutal.
0: <laughs> well, and you know I just want to make a the comment like T. I think it was T. Well, no, it wasn't T. Well. Sorry, it was someone just before T. Well, but uh, and I should know since I highlighted these comments. But it's amazing that Nikolai Ehlers could still hit twenty goals this season. And, you know, he missed as much time as he has. So, I mean, he's just having already, and it's, sure, it's only four games. And you can throw away that first game against Tampa which you know, he didn't get any points because, of course, he hadn't played in so long. But it didn't take long for him to to show that he was ready to get back in, into Nikolai Ehlers' form. And, and he, he looks good. That line looks deadly for the reasons Drew's outlined. Mm-hmm. And if if Perfetti, Shifley, and Wheeler are going, and you've got – Something going with the Lowry line and you hope that Morgan Barron will be healthy by Sunday because he was playing some, I thought he was playing some excellent hockey on this road trip. So if you got, you know, Morgan Barron going with Lowry and player X, and then you have whoever your fourth line configuration ends up being. I like
2: Coolman on that line, Dave.
0: On the third line, yeah. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't he just can't finish those chances, unfortunately. That's the problem. He, yeah, he if he, raised, he
1: if he had raised the puck on that one chance, uh was that in the third period, early in the third period, yeah. Uh yeah. when uh Tukarski lost his stick. Uh you know, and, and that's what I wanted to talk about to start the third period. Sorry, Dave. I'm sort of I'm jumping on your point there. Uh okay. is that you know, the, the you know, so the jets are up three-one after 40 minutes, and you're like, okay, what what's going to happen to start the third is going to, they're going to be a push by the penguins. Are they going to try and get back into it? Are they going to try and, and really, you know, lean on the jets second half of a back to back, blah, blah, blah. And those first early minutes of the third period, it was the complete opposite. The right. jets were the team leaning on the penguins. I mean, frankly, the jets should have scored in the first two minutes of the third period, given the, some of the opportunities that they had. If Coolman. Uh, as you referenced there, if he's just able to raise the puck a little bit there with uh, Tukarski, you know, flopping around, doesn't have a stick. The Jets had the zone time, uh, you know, for, for a significant period of time there to start the third period. It was almost 4-1 at that point in time. And the Penguins were just, they, again, they, they had a no-show uh, from the majority of the game. But they also had it in the third period where you would expect there to be a push from them uh, to get back into the game.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll jump in. I thought Dave was going to jump in, but he was having a little cough there. I, he was muted, but I could hear his cough because he's upstairs and I'm downstairs. So I hope you have a little, little water there, Dave M. But uh, again, you know, not not to pick on, on Ty Smith again, but like, you know, he just loses Shifley there. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you watch the replay of that goal. Like, how is Mark Shifley, who's on pace for 50 goals, how do you leave him alone like that? And and don't get me wrong, there was a lot of going bad for the penguins on this play. Like they were just discombobulated. Like they they couldn't get the puck, they couldn't get control of the puck. But like, you know, Shifley is just left alone. And you know, if you leave him alone like that, you know, he's gonna score. And it was a, you know, a nice pass over to to Shifley by DeMello, who we've talked about is uh you know, challenging, yeah, but- challenging Josh Morrissey for the Norris Trophy right now. So, um, <laughs> no, but I mean, like, it's just, it, it, like, I'm sitting here watching that going, like, did anybody realize that Mark Shifley was standing there? <laughs> just, you know what I mean? Like, it was just, as you mentioned, Drew, you're expecting this big pushback. The Penguins have played like crap through 40 minutes, and they come out with that type of effort, and they deserve to get scored on.
1: Well, you know, Dave, but, you know, all the credit for that goal. I mean, Cole Perfetti is basically one on three, Mm-hmm. in this instance he get, he gains the zone and again it doesn't look like there's going to be a significant play there. It's a good job by by Perfetti to get a clean zone entry, but he's outnumbered by the penguins. He's out yep. there's there's at least two penguins around him and he just wins the puck battle. He just has more fight and more desire on this play than the penguins do. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's just what you see here. He just wants it more. It gets it back to Demello at the point and then Demello Hits it to Shifley, and Shifley. I mean, look, n- not just time and space in the NHL. Time and space usually doesn't mean that much time or that much space. It's all relative when he it comes had time to-, to
2: make it. Like my my dad always used to say that he had enough time to make a sandwich there.
1: Yeah, he had more than enough time to make a sandwich. He had enough time to make me a sandwich and <laughs> himself a sandwich, and and he just puts it into the empty net. And the you know, look, you look at the replay. Half the Penguins are on the other side of the of the sheet of ice. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, If you take the ice and you cut it in half, they're on the other half of it. And you just leave Mark Shifley unaccosted and all alone. He's like, okay, I'll just one-time this puck into this wide-open net. I have 26 goals on the season. I'm pretty yeah. good at doing this. Thanks very much for not covering me, and it's 4-1 for the Jets.
2: You make a good point. Sorry, Dave. I just want to quickly say, Cole Perfetti sure. does a great job coming up with that puck with three Penguins around him yeah. getting it back to DeMello. So you're absolutely right. You know, Perfetti deserves a, a ton of credit for the work that he did that that led to that goal. But sorry, I just can't, again, I just watched the replay again. I can't believe that Shifley was that wide open.
0: Well, according to it's a, Kenny's water bottle saying jets were painting on a canvas with acrylic paint. The, pe- the penguins are using crayons and coloring by numbers appropriate, given that it's called PPG paint arena. Right boys. So, uh, that nice one by Kenny's water bottle over there. Are, are you
1: guys coordinating your jokes like before the, the post game show? Are you guys working together? Yeah. And collaborating I, sent him, yeah. I
0: sent him a little, I'm like, Hey Kenny, this is the angle I think we're going to take yeah. tonight. So maybe I'm, I'm going to feed you one. You throw me something like this. We do, we like do this. a read
2: through Dave, right? That's yeah. what we do. We oh, yeah. do a little bit of a read through and we, we put the jokes out there and some yeah, of the hockey good. show you know.
0: is simply performative art. This is not <laughs> actually a, this is all very scripted. Well, um, certainly not I mean, a science. Definitely not. So anyway, who, so I mean, look again, you, what a bounce back game for Cole Perfetti. And I say bounce back because he was sick yesterday, limited yeah. to the amount of time he was able to play. And yet he still was able to perform at, at a high level tonight. And you could see, right? You knew he didn't want to come out of the lineup. You know that he's, you know, he missed those games. I mean, he's not that far off the I mean, he only missed how many games did he miss? Four or five games. But he's not that far back from the rookie scoring lead, right? He's he's in third place. Oh, he's uh, absolutely
2: in the Calder their discussion right. right now. Yeah. Maddie, Maddie Beniers is obviously, you know, the in first with the, four. The thir- that, I think
0: he has 34 points and Mason yeah, McCavish has twenty through the season six. So, I mean, it's time not, for
2: Perfetti to close the gap.
0: Profetti's at 24. A game.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, 24, 25,
0: whatever he's at. So, I mean, Profetti's right there. And, you know, it, look, we, what did we say? We said that Cole Profetti is going to be able to adjust and play on the line with, with Blake Wheeler and, and, Mark Shifley. He can't be a passenger. He has to be a guy who's a facilitator, an occasional goal scorer, but he's going to set those guys up. Now, Wheeler, of course, is a passer too, but that should, and, that, and there's a reason why Mark Shifley has 26 goals, right? So that's, that's what you're going to expect from Cole Profetti. It's one of the things I said, you know, we saw it in his first full season, in the AHL, when he adjusted, stopped being a perimeter player and went to the middle. And you're seeing it now in the NHL as he's slowly getting more comfortable in the NHL and slowly adjusting to like life in the NHL. And you know, now again, like I said, when we saw him skating the other day, we're like, he just seemed off. He wasn't, he just didn't have it. It's amazing because it's not, it's we're not talking a huge, you know, time difference between yesterday and today. And yet, sure enough, he's he's so much playing so much better. So, anyways, it, it was a real nice play by him. And you're right, as he. I mean, it's an embarrassing. Uh, defensive effort by the Penguins and Mark Shifley. I mean, we, how many times have we seen Mark Shifley score that goal? It seems like he always scores that goal against the Anaheim Ducks. I can think of like four pictures that Colby uh, Spence, our photographer here at Illegal legal curve uh, have has taken of Mark Shifley taking that shot uh, and scoring into the internet. Usually there's a goaltender, you know, blocking usually the defenseman trying to get across, not in this instance. So that that's, that was basically I jokingly said with Seth Rorbaugh, who's a writer for the Penguins, I said, are there going to be any empty net goals? And he said, well, with a backup goaltender and a third-string goaltender, there may be some opportunities. And I said, well, I, you know, so we joked before the game, well, clearly that was as close to an empty netter with a goaltender in it as you're ever going to see.
2: How much do you guys want to bet, Betway being the title sponsor of the show, how much do you guys want to bet that Ron Hextall is going to give up something ridiculous for a defenseman before the trade deadline?
1: Well, I mean, if he thinks this team is going, the, that Penguins team is going anywhere, and I know you sort of always have to be a buyer if you have Crosby and Malkin, because what's the point of having them if you're not, you know, trying to squeeze the last little bit of life uh, out of their careers? But uh, I mean, the way they're constructed, there's, there's, it's, it's a top just make the just team. make
2: the trade for Jacob Chikrin right now, Drew. Just do it.
1: You think that you think? Like I mean,
2: I, I think that would, I'm being sarcastic, obviously, right. but I feel like that's the type of move. Because you're right. As long as you have, when you re-sign Malkin and Latang, yeah, and you, you've got Crosby there, you're you're always going to be a team that is trying to make the playoffs, right? Like, so mm-hmm. it's just I, I feel like it, it was I was obviously joking, but I I wouldn't be surprised if the Penguins think that they're buyers and act like buyers. When I mean, if the Penguins end up creep, you know, slipping into the playoffs and they end up playing Boston, like, does any is anybody going to pick the Penguins over the Bruins? No, like, not not
1: the well. Penguins team that we saw tonight. That's for sure. Not, it would it would be over in three, never mind four. It would be over in three based on that performance tonight. But the Jets will take advantage of it. The Jets will say thank you very much. The Jets will gladly finish the road trip with a record of two wins and one loss to improve on the season now uh, to a tie for first in the Central Division, 28 28- 14 and 1 tied with the Dallas Stars with 57 points, 7 points clear of the Minnesota Wild who are in third place and then it's even further down if you want to go to the next Central Division team after that is the St. Louis Blues 12 points behind the Winnipeg Jets. At this point in the season, I don't think anybody would have thought that when we come back here on the illegal curve post game show contest time, we'll read some of the post game quotes coming out of the Jets dressing room. And of course, a preview of Saturday's illegal curve hockey show and an update on what happened Uh, at the Moose and Marlies game in Toronto the game suspended due to a medical emergency in the stands we'll give a quick update uh, on what we know regarding that don't go anywhere it's a Friday night Drew Mandel Dave Manouk Ezra Ginsburg with you we're live it's the illegal curve post game show the Jets victorious four to one over Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh tonight
0: Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com
2: he winds up oh looks like ezzy took that one right in the choppers a blistering fast puck hurts like he double hockey sticks that's why i let the pros at Linden market dental center turn my yow into wow get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros and remember always wear a mouth guard now that's solid on ice advice learn more at lindenmarketdentalcenter.com.
1: creating smiles for life Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed.
2: Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos.
1: Yes, that does sound like a problem.
0: What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, One call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there.
2: Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at
0: Rollies.com.
1: Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time.
0: Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do
1: pre book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress.
0: Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about five bucks? Come on, five dollars? No way.
1: Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code, Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. (laughs) There's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking,
0: so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, All the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking.
1: Just download the Grid Park app. That's G R Y D Park and use the code illegal curve. All one word, you'll park for free your first time. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. 10 minutes before the top of the hour. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg with you on this Friday night. A reminder, tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., less than 12 hours from now, it'll be the Illegal Curve hockey show. Back here on this fine YouTube channel, we'll delve deeper into the Winnipeg Jets. We'll look ahead, of course, to the trade deadline. Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press is going to join us. Sean Shapiro is going to join us. He wrote a really interesting article recently about, rick bonus so we'll uh, talk to sean about that uh you can check that out of course a link to that is on sean's twitter feed uh as well at sean shapiro s e a n shapiro Uh, sean used to cover
2: the the stars for the athletic and then he became their business writer yeah Uh, he's based in in michigan so he's covering the red wings right now so we'll have a lot of teams to talk to him about we can talk jets red wings stars uh nhl in in general sean's a great guy so it's going to be fun to have him on
1: Yeah, it'll be a fun show tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Set your reminder now to join us tomorrow at 9 a.m. And then again, Sunday evening, 8.45 p.m., the Illegal Curve postgame show after the Jets and the Coyotes. So for those of you keeping track at home, that means Thursday night postgame show, Friday night postgame show, Saturday morning Illegal Curve hockey show, Sunday night postgame show, and Monday morning divorce proceedings will begin by our respective partners as they're sick and tired of us doing this night in and night out Uh, some comments from the Winnipeg Jets dressing room after tonight's game that these are courtesy of our buddy Mike McIntyre who uh, is on the trip uh, talking with Cole Perfetti about how sick he was last night in Buffalo Uh, again Perfetti getting three assists tonight versus Pittsburgh he bounces back a lot quicker than I do quote kind of got the fever chills and then lots of trips to the bathroom puking The worst I've felt since I can remember. This is lesson number four hundred and seventy-two as to why pro athletes are different than I am, because I would be in bed for a good solid two to three weeks complaining about
2: this. Exactly. I mean, that's just I I mean, you know this, Drew. We've been doing the show for how long and watching sports for how long and being around athletes, right? Like Mm -hmm. these are these are elite athletes, like they're warriors, right? Like perfetti, these guys are machines.
1: They're just yeah, they just have yeah, they're just a little insane. I mean, I'm saying I say this with respect, but they just have a little bit of insanity that, that goes through them that 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 gets them to this point. Yep. The drive and the and the you know in, intestinal fortitude. And I know it's a bit it's of a like, crazy, it's like you know? never
2: quit attitude, right? It's like yeah. it's like it doesn't matter. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm puking, like I'm dying, but we have a hockey game, so we have to play.
1: I throw up. I'm, I'm using that as an excuse not to do anything for a good solid uh, six to eight weeks. I'm, I'm on the injured reserve for six to eight weeks, no matter why I'm throwing up. That's
0: it. That well, for you the record, before, before COVID, I used to, I would still go to hockey games to cover the hockey game, not to play in a hockey game yeah. while sick as a dog. But, you know, now with COVID, I, I feel less inclined to, uh, to show up at the rink while I'm, uh, while I'm not, not feeling my best, which yeah, thankfully I've... hasn't been very often.
2: Actually, I wasn't going to do the post game show tonight, boys. I had a really bad hangnail. And I was like, I just, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Right, well, I was we... going to text you guys, but I just decided to, you know,
0: push through it. But you couldn't use your finger because you had the hangnail.
1: That's right. The hangnail. Can, you know, we appreciate you, 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 you fighting through that, Ezra. You truly are the hero among heroes today on the illegal curve post game show. Uh, more from uh, Mike McIntyre. This courtesy of Rick Bonus. Uh, quote: Give the players full marks for playing the way we did. This That was probably one of the best games we played all year. It really was in terms of how we wanted to play and how to be successful going forward. There were no passengers tonight. And he's right, because if the Jets play like that, as we certainly have seen so far this year, and there's no reason to think it's going to change. You play like this, you're going to win the majority of your games, and you're going to be a very serious playoff contender to come out of the Western Conference come season's end. This is exactly how you need to play and how you want to play, and this Winnipeg Jets team really does look, uh, well, you know, the, the road trip wasn't the prettiest, but to end it with this effort, well, that's a very pretty way to end the road trip, gentlemen.
2: I would agree with that, and and you can see, like we mentioned earlier, how much fun like Ehlers is having out there, uh, you know, and like this this is a team right now, right? Like these guys are now almost fully healthy, right? Like the, mm-hmm. there's a few guys, Mason Appleton, Logan Stanley, um, you know, Sakumana Linen is, is back in the lineup, but we didn't we thought he might, you know maybe take a a little bit longer but like they're getting very close to full health right like Dave has been documented it on documenting it on a daily basis like at one point there were eight or or nine guys out of the lineup so but right now I mean you know we talked about the top six like the top six just like write that in stone like they're not shifley perfetti Wheeler and Connor Dubois and Ehlers like that's not changing anytime soon unless you know circumstances uh, dictate that but like the third and fourth lines right now mm-hmm. are obviously in flux right but i mean th- this is a a very talented team and you can see like they're even though you know you don't like the red wings loss obviously and he, the the buffalo game was very far from perfect but this this game was what i think like the template that they were playing earlier in the season and you like how structured you were defensively and all that stuff right so I agree with you. I mean, right now, um, or certainly after this game and, and the way they're were, they were playing at at points on that homestand, especially against Vancouver, I mean, they just completely dominated Vancouver even though they allowed four goals. So I think, you know, everything is is trending in the right direction for this Jets team. You're going to have some, you know, tough games coming up. But I think of the nine games left in, in the month of January before they have that 12-day break, I think only two of those games or against teams in the playoff spot, right? So it's not a hard schedule
1: coming up. No, guys. it's not the game. I mean, the, the hardest part about the schedule for the rest of the month is the, I guess, the, the number of games, but the actual opponents that they're facing. I mean, they play Toronto, that would be a, a challenging game, but I'm trying to think aside from Toronto, you know, they have one back to so- back, they have the one back to back against Ottawa and Philly. That's yep. uh, next Saturday, Sunday. But a- after- no
0: iPads would be hurt in this in the creation of that uh, those hockey games.
1: Yeah, no iPads would be hurt. Don't worry, John Talarico has banned the iPad. That is the root of although all it was the funny. Problems. Actually, it's
0: actually rather humorous because it, Rick Bonus actually was complaining about iPads on the bench like four or five days ago, yeah. and like basically saying like he doesn't like to see the team. And he was asked about it actually today. Uh, I think our friend Sean Reynolds uh, asked him in in advance of the hockey game, and you could see that he was he kind of had a bit of a smirk because you know he was. He was probably of similar mind to John Tortorella. Uh, not, you know, he said, "Look, if you're Sidney Crosby, you can look at the iPad; it's all good. <laughs> Other players, maybe not so much." And it is true; it is you do watch how oh, guys aren't paying attention to what's happening on the ice because they're watching that. So it's it's interesting to hear. Torts has uh, lost
2: it, Dave. Like, what's well, next? He, is he going to ban BioSteel every, from the bench?
0: The reality as he is, that no more since, smelling salts. Ever, ever since that you and him had your beef. He's yeah. just gone like this. His his coaching career, everything, his arc has has just diminished. I wish his it's diminished after he knew he tried to I take on. Was Gin- actually, when he my second, take cousin, on husband, when my second cousin
2: Matt Leibel, went in there, because he's like, okay, you know, as went in there the first year, we know what happened. But then, if you guys remember, it was the uh, PR guy. I forget his name for the the Rangers. He might still be the PR guy. He was he was Torts' handler essentially, right? He was always like right beside Torts. Mm-hmm. But Matt Libel came down. And he asked Torts if you guys remember, you guys, of course, you guys remember if, if he heard all the, the booze. And then the Rangers PR guy shut that down. So it was actually liable, <laughs> I think, that actually got under Torts' skin more than I did.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, if the, yeah. And then they called to complain about the very reasonable question because God forbid that the, yeah. you know, the, God forbid that anyone in the NHL ever shows some personality or be asked a legitimate question. That that yeah. Didn't they
2: contact to... Chris Brook at TSN 1290? They're like, is that the type of questions that you're, your uh, employees ask it's like what they he asked a per- perfectly legitimate question that everybody was thinking about
1: that's right that everybody was thinking about that all the new york journal you know all the new york journalists led with the with led led with that but none of them wanted to ask the question yet they called to complain about the fact that somebody asked the question that all the journalists led with it's like we're through the looking glass here people but uh in any event we've uh, as we so all right now do, i remember his I his know. Name sean spicer Yeah, as Sean Spicer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as you're on fire right now. You are, as he's he's brought his aid game tonight. Yeah, I'm channeling my inner Cole
2: Perfetti right now, boys.
1: Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Exactly right. But to your point about the Jets' schedule, from now until the end of the month, and then they get that two-week break, they play one team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, that's currently, as of right now, in a playoff spot. Of course, the St. Louis Blues, uh, you know, the Buffalo Sabres, you know, Nashville maybe to a little lesser extent, scrapping and clawing. But right now, over the next nine games that the Jets play yeah. uh, until they get that. could easily win break, six or
2: seven of those nine.
1: You know, you should. The, the, the key you is should.
0: The, key, the key isn't that the key is to show what they can do. In terms of being a, bringing a consistent effort, because mm-hmm. remember, if you remember, and this is a long time ago when they played that St. Louis Blues game, it was that a four one game as well and and they were very good they dominated the blues and all we talked about was well that if the jets can do that consistently they're going to be a very good hockey team well they didn't do it very consistently they kept winning hockey games but they right. weren't doing that complete effort the way they did tonight a full 60 minute effort a great start every single period and look you're going to have off nights you're not going to be able to do it every single night but you want to be able to you know what the truth is you want to see them bring that type of effort against carolina against the, the coyotes on on sunday you're, you're going to have a day off tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow you get to chill. And then Sunday, you need to have, I mean, remember, and the other thing, look, they've been very good at home, 16 and six at home, mm-hmm. but you don't play a lot of home games, right? After this, you're going back out on the road for what? Five is it, drill Five in a row. So you're, you know, you want to take advantage of this game at home. Yep. You want the fans to feel good about, about you. And again, like I said, like, it's just an, it's another opportunity to show that this isn't a mirage. It's not a, you know, you're just relying on Connor Hellebuck.
2: Did you like the Mirage chocolate bar, by the way, Dave? I was a big fan of that one.
0: Loved. Loved. did like it. it. Loved it. Yeah.
2: It was like loved kind of it. It. tasted like arrow.
0: Everyone with a okay. bubble. Yeah. It was, it was a solid, solid chocolate bar, Izzy. There's not yeah. even a question. Yeah. Now, Underrated. Them-
2: it, it was in nobody's top five, but it was just a really solid. Um,
0: yeah. What? I mean, it I, it wasn't substantial. I mean, it was kind of like a brick, but it wasn't like substantial. Yeah. So I've also when, like, mentioned when- this
2: before on the show. Like, I always like Butterfinger because of the Bart Simpson commercials. And I just felt like Butterfinger was never given the. You know, it wasn't given as Drew says. Yeah, I wasn't a. But,
0: just, I wasn't. I wasn't a big butterfinger. What was yeah. the really gross it sticks one? Sticks in that your teeth one? a lot. What was that gold wonder? Was it wonder? What was that really gross gold one? Wonder bar. Was like, was it Wonder Bar? No, not wonder, bar. Like wonder. Wonder bar. bar was like Wonder Bar was like red and blue and white. There was that really gross. Remember? It had like the, can you
1: guys do this in your post post game show? We have to get back together in literally eleven hours. So I don't can think we you maybe can
2: get Big Turk in the along? US? Actually, there's somebody we can't get Big Turk.
0: I don't remember it. For the record, Drew and I—I I, I may have tested this out talking to you know people as I'm delivering jerseys to to the fans, to the folks, people. Just in case you're aware, you're aware some folks are going to get it mailed to them. Some people are going to get it uh, delivered from me. I'm going to be doing more deliveries on Sunday, so look out for look out for the Dave Mo. Matthew driver. Thompson just
2: Matthew Thompson just threw out three Musketeers. I remember my grandma Evelyn; she used to always get three Musketeers for me. Also, a very good chocolate bar, silver wrapper.
0: No, no, but the one that you know the one I'm talking about it was like almost I don't know kind of what was it? It was like I'm gonna remember it. In a what second, color was
2: it, the wrapper? It was like gold. but It was gross. Crunchy, crunchy, crunchy is good though.
0: No, you mean crunchy? Like we're crunch? 250 pounds? I like crunch- as crunchy. It. You mean like the blue and white one? That was crunch. For the record, yeah. you any anyway, no, no, whatever? No, 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 no. There's
2: crunch and then there's crunchy.
0: Oh, crunchy! Yeah, that was it. That crunchy is yeah. disgusting. What was it? Was it, what's the what's the inside crunch though? As.
2: Uh, sorry, crunch or crunchy? I, I no, because he just crunchy.
0: swallows it whole like a duck. He doesn't actually
1: chew, so he never knew what was inside any of these. Well, the
2: funniest quarters. thing is, I know Reuben's my son because you know the the chocolate coins that you give at Hanukkah. Yeah, he just, just ate the
1: coin. He just ate yeah, the foil.
2: He eats, he eats the chocolate around like the around the the the. Yeah. You know, the, All right, fine, fine. Rapper, just
0: yeah. I, for the record, just just what I was Crunchy gonna say. Crunchy is amazing. Uh, I agree with Sponge Toffee. toffee. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff Bose. That's it. Sponge toffee. Gross. Not my thing. Anywho, what I was gonna say quickly though is when we talked about the concerts for 10-15 minutes afterwards, folks were talking about concerts, and now Folks are talking about chocolate bars. The folks can talk
1: about chocolate bars for yes. fifteen minutes. It doesn't mean that we necessarily do. Well, let's, Charleston let's
0: chew on.
2: too, Dave. If you could find one that wasn't like stale, because sometimes you would buy Charleston chews that like you couldn't really bite into. But if you yeah. found a nice soft Charleston chew, those are also good.
1: Legal <laughs> Curve merchandise contest, Dave. Yes, So yes. we have a unique. No, you know code how to get word. me back on track. Yes, we have a unique code word for the Legal Curve merchandise contest. Stay
0: tuned for this winner, folks. You are—he's in the chat, and you're gonna be—he's gonna be happy. There's going to be a lot of people that uh, are going to think he's a nice person. That's all I'm, say, I'm going to say. I don't want to say too much, though.
1: If you're new here and you don't know how to enter the Illegal Curve Merchandise Contest, you go to the show description on the YouTube page. You hit the drop-down arrow. You'll see the link to the contest page. You'll go there. There's a whole lot of tasks that you can do to earn extra entries into the Illegal Curve Merchandise so Contest. Vacuuming, dishwashing. <laughs> yeah, not- come,
0: come to our house. You do the dishes. It's great.
1: And if you can't find it there in the on the YouTube page, go to the website, illegalcurve.com. Click basically any article. You'll see the link there to enter the Illegal Curve merchandise contest. We give away authentic Jets merchandise after each and every game. And at the end of the month, the grand prize winner for the month will get their choice of a game of any NHL game, two tickets to any NHL game of their choosing. So the more tasks you do, the more things you do, the more retweets, the more follows, the more comments, the more entries you're going to get, the more chances you're going to have to win the illegal curve merchandise contest
0: a lot of people think they know who the winner is drew
1: yes 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 the unique give the people what they want you want
0: to give them the winner winner first first. okay the winner because because there's a lot of excitement in the chat already i can see people are excited rob mahoney rob Rob mahoney hold on how do
1: people know that rob won Cause Rob is Dave gave it away when he said that this guy is a good person. Cause Rob yes. Mahoney is the one who says that everybody is a good person.
0: Yes. Oh, so now okay. Rob I has to that. tell. Yeah. You missed it as he was a little subtle giveaway, a little tell, if you will. And Rob folks are going to be happy because Rob is always happy for other people when they win. And now Rob is going to, now everybody gets to be happy for Rob. <laughs> i'm not sure why he's chirping remus but i'm happy that he's i think, chirping I, think remus. Yeah. I think i think the the he, we don't need context drew yeah we're yeah. all good with it we're yeah. all good with it but congratulations sure, actually, you, get,
1: you get bonus entries for chirping remus that's one of, yeah. that's one of the things you do yeah to get rob's already entries. the grand prize winner
0: way to go just kidding rob just kidding but anyways <laughs> you did win the tough the tough duck you did win the illegal curve merch contest so you're going to get some authentic jets gear coming your way for entering our contest we appreciate you uh Always in the chat, always having fun. That's not a, um, a manner. That's not consistent with how you win, but it doesn't hurt. I wasn't uh, like, let's say when I when I hit the button and it, the random uh, selector and it picked you, a smile across my face because I knew. It's well
2: deserved for Rob because Rob is like an O. He's an original gangster of the illegal curve post game show. He's an OG, so he deserves it. Thank Lots of OG. explaining
1: to us what uh, what a. Uh, thank you for explaining what original gangster was. Uh, <laughs> well, we appreciate I... that. You know,
0: some
2: people
1: don't know.
0: Oh, Who's Spencer, up? just so you know, Frosty got his. Frosty was the longest waiting, longest. I think Frosty won game eight, just so you know. And Frosty just got his jersey today. So, yeah, some people wait a long time. But you know what? We had a nice it's, chat, and it was worth it. It's the, so, it's the absence of Dave that makes the heart grow fonder. So the and longer and you and have more, to wait. And more importantly, because for Spencer... I've got to bring Ezzy with me for your delivery, and that's a little bit more. Uh, you know, I got to. Oh yeah, then he got to coordinate it with Ezzy's yeah. wife to be. We're going to yeah. broadcast I'm that on I'm... YouTube, I think. I think
2: oh, that's for what sure. We're gonna, that we're, do. it's we're, gonna be we're doing a live stream. special presentation.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it'll be a live stream. Anyways, so congratulations to Rob, and let's go for that. Uh, let's go for that word here for Drew, and for those who are wondering what the word was, nobody guessed it. We went back to 2012. When the draft was in Pittsburgh, is one of the only drafts actually that legal curve didn't go to. We had we went as he and Remo went in 2011, and then we went as a crew from 2013 to 2016, uh, every year had a great time doing that. But in 2012, the Jets made a franchise-defining selection in the fifth round, selecting Connor Hallabuck with that fifth-round pick from the Odessa Jackalopes. So uh, that that of course redefined. I can't believe I actually can, can't believe it was 2012. Can't believe it, that Connor Hellebuck was drafted that long ago. Yeah. Seems like uh you seems have, like it was just yesterday. At all. No, I haven't actually. I look identical. It's always actually hilarious when you see that picture of me interviewing Kevin Chevel Day off at the Jersey Reveal on the tarmac. Yeah. Like I think of that mute that I was half the man I used to be. Anyways, so <laughs> congratulations to Rob for everyone who is uh listening on the podcast or watching the the show right now. Connor Hellebuck. We'll get you 10 bonus entries to win. So you can be like Rob. You can be a good person. we will get to be a good person regardless, but you can get some entries and you too can win authentic Jets merch from a legal curve.
1: All one word, all caps, Connor Hellebuck, because, of course, he was drafted when the draft was in Pittsburgh. So that is why Connor Hellebuck is the unique code word for the Illegal Curve merchandise contest tonight. Be sure to get your entries in only, uh, like I said, about another uh, eight or nine games or how many games left in this month? Uh, Four, eight, nine nine. games after that uh, St. Louis game is probably when we're going to do the grand prize draw. For the uh, for the merch for the two tickets to an upcoming when uh a, a two tickets to an upcoming Jets game or actually an upcoming NHL game it doesn't necessarily have to be Jets but uh, but I do
0: know that the winner of the first grand prize contest I spoke with I contacted them yeah they are going to the St Louis game Quincy right.
1: there you go on January thirtieth so there you go it's it's all coming full circle uh, tough duck hardest hitting comment courtesy of our friends at Tough Duck Yazzie, who is getting a toque based on your uh. Undetermined parameters for winning this contest.
2: (laughs) They are undetermined. We're going to give it to uh, a favorite here. Uh, We talk about uh, Darwin quite a bit. We really like Darwin. We're going to give it to Darwin more. Um, I sent it to you. It was uh, back early in the post game show, almost right at the beginning. There you go. Uh, I'm reading it in the chat, but I guess I could read it on the screen here. So shout out to, to Darwin. Our team rolled through the Penguins tonight. Perfetti, Wheeler, and Shifley had an awesome game. Big save, Dave came up with some big saves. Remember the one at Ricard Raquel was probably the, the biggest one. And our defense came to play. I like it. I mean, he, he, it was concise the way he summed up the game. And Darwin is a, a loyal IC post game viewer.
1: He did he did in 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 two sentences what we've done over the last hour and twenty minutes. So yeah, maybe well the, the reality is, is, I mean, there's
2: no secret for everybody that sticks with us here, Drew. Yeah. I mean, you have to fill it. You, you can only talk about the goals so much. That's why we fill it up with nonsense like chocolate bar talk and everything like that. So
1: remember when we so, first started these shows and we were planning on doing them for like thirty minutes, maybe forty five on on, yeah. on the outside end, and now they're lasting almost. They're an almost hour as and a long half.
2: as the Saturday show. We're at an hour and seventeen minutes here but we love it i mean as long as there's people here having a good time you know we're going to stay here so darwin send me an email ezra ezra at illegalcurve.com or you can slide into my dms at icseg so like giving that one to to darwin because he's a a good guy loyal ic viewer and uh, always brings it in the comments
1: congratulations to darwin the winner of tonight's tough duck hardest hitting comment dave our friends at seagram's have some messaging
0: they just want to say thank you for uh, putting on such a good quality program.
1: No, oh, that's good. That's nice
0: of them. <laughs> no, they uh, we're going to have some fun uh, with Seagram's coming up. We're going to do some sort of Seagram's shot of the night contest coming up. Uh, you know, what? we'll see what... We, uh, how we so are operate? we all going to do a
2: shot, Dave, or is it just going to be one of us that does the shot of fireball?
0: Well, I don't know that we're going to do any shots live, asy. I mean, maybe, and the reality, as as you well know, if anyone is going to be doing it, it is going to be you. You guys uh, remember it was the because... drunk
2: hockey
1: show?
0: I do I remember. remember. When you I, did in fact, guys the T-shirt
1: when
2: we did it that. Uh, uh, Shannon's shout out but, to. Uh, for the record, we didn't. T.J. Do Connors, it.
0: we didn't do it. Drew didn't do it. No, 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 no. It was I just not it. And it was
2: uh, Holly Boz- Bozeman. From uh, I don't know if she's she still on Power Ninety Seven. Do You remember Holly Bosman? I remember the name. I'm not sure if yeah, she's she still was there on or it not. too. And man, did we get tanked! Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> smokes! That was a lot. That was a- was that way. As he was at the time, it was picked like you, ten years you, ago.
0: Was that the time you walked home and you didn't weren't wearing gloves and it was like minus forty? And we had to no, no, no. The I car? think it was.
2: I walked home and I wasn't wearing shoes.
0: Yes, no, so I was wearing
2: shoes, but I like I kicked them off a block from my house or something. I know, but
0: didn't didn't? I'm pretty didn't, sure you
2: guys picked me up that night. Like in, I was gonna say, isn't that the time? Confusion Corner
0: yeah rich and i yeah. were driving it, home. people it don't was know the, this but rich, it was the middle of winter folks it was the middle of winter they used to just
2: circle river heights and and osborne and just mm. like, he would be like where's waldo yeah
0: yeah like i actually and the, the worst the worst part is we're, we're coming home from the game and we're driving up river and i was like is that ezzy and it was and then the best was and i still have the pictures to show we had to like pull him into the vehicle and because he's like oh, i'm fine i'll walk and we're like, as he get in the car, it was like minus 40. He was not wearing any gloves. He may have been wearing shoes, but... Uh... I really hope my kids
2: don't, like, you, you know, years from now, look up this episode of the show and then hear us talking about that. But... Uh,
0: oh, he I...
1: there's many episodes of this show that they can't look up. There's the <laughs> yeah, episode yeah, where, uh, when we were still on 1290, where you just didn't show up, and we just tried to piece your whereabouts together based on your increasingly intoxicated tweets in the middle of the night. And I think we oh, stopped I when we that. got to 3am when all you said, all the tweets said in, in all caps was Whee! karaoke at 3am. It's like, well, there's no chance. And then you lost your wallet once in the middle. Didn't you lose your wallet that night? Oh yeah. Um,
2: there's, that was, uh, again, those are dark,
0: dark times. Yeah. <laughs> dark, dark times in
1: any event. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so, th- so
0: we're going to have some fun with the fr- our friends from Seagram's coming up. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be starting on Sunday, but we'll have some. So, uh, ignite the night with our friends who sell the fireball. I've got a couple of fireball bottles behind me and uh could always throw in the fireball. S. just said uh I'll do a shot with you.
1: I'll I will i will do you know, I'll do a shot every now and then. It could be fun. Fireball's delicious.
0: Well, we have it, guys. So I mean, we could always figure something out. It is out, really nice. we'll, we'll yeah. just have to figure out the legalities of of doing shawls or we could just on sip there. a little whiskey. Like you know?
1: there's, we're on YouTube. There's no. It's our, there's our, no I'm talking about our. I'm talking
0: about our friends at Fireball as to whether they oh, would okay. want that, Drew. Uh, Fair enough, sort of thing. I'm so Like uh,
1: legalities. I'm in the. I'm in the, the electrical room of my basement. There's no. There's no, <laughs> no rules happening <laughs> here. It's I, anarchy. I'm, I'm really sure. There's,
0: I'm really sure you're actually still subjected to uh, rules, Drew. they we, we try and live in a society. Yeah, but Drew, of you're laws. in an electrical
2: room of a 10,000 square foot mansion. That's what sure. you mentioned. Whoa, mall mall
0: saying, malls saying cheers from. The grove i'm i'm we're not that far from the grove as we could uh old time's sake you know we could wrap we up the, the show grove. and hit we want to, go, uh, to the grove? The grove. go to
2: the grove right now
0: i'd go to the grove i'll let you guys finish that off we'll be back tomorrow it was morning. Like 10 15 it was an early game so i mean as yes, we could hit the grove
2: i'm in if spencey's in
0: yeah why don't we do a little we should I my mean, god can you imagine if we did like an impromptu meet up right now at the grove no we're not the best, like, would, be, the best would be like nine o'clock in the morning drew's like where are these guys
1: <laughs> i'm trying to track it down from ginsburg's tweets again it's a disaster all all and all, all 9 a.m tomorrow the illegal curve hockey show back on our youtube channel be sure to join us and again join us sunday evening 8 45 the illegal curve post game show after the jets and the coyotes want to say big thank you frosty hope you're ready big thank you to all the sponsors of illegal curve who make the post game show the saturday show and the website a possibility our friends at rumors restaurant and comedy club linden market dental center zapia group realty Betway. the betway they're the official title sponsor of this post game show tough duck boston pizza seagram's rollies transfer grid park and the keg support these fine businesses because of their continued support of Illegal Curve Hockey. It's been a fun one. They usually are. This one was no different. 4-1, the Jets victorious over the Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. For Dave Manuk for Ezra Ginsburg. I'm your host, Drew Mendel. Thanks for watching. This has been the Illegal Curve post-game show.
0: Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel Follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, illegalcurve.com.